Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back to Wildcast Studios for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, fan listeners, I am your host, Adam, and I am joined by Avery's favorite person (laughs) and my favorite co-hoster, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. But how was your daddy-daughter weekend? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, it was it involved a lot of running around. And, yeah, as it always does. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't do much Friday night, but Saturday there was, uh, you know, her last swimming class. And did she pass? No, no. Oh, okay. But uh, there was four things that needs to be passed to move on to the next level. She's got two, so you know that's fine. That's not bad. Um, no, we uh, did a bunch of swimming. Went to a uh, Christmas market at her at her place, and um, the great part about it is, by eight o'clock, you're like, "What the heck do I do?" Because she's sleeping. Yep. So instead of watching sports, like I a, a sports guy like myself would do, right? I binged watched the season of Manifest on Netflix. I don't think I've seen that one. So Manifest is the probably the only show that toys with my emotions. <laughs> it's it's a roll it's a, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. It's a really good show. Uh it's like it's there's like 10 episodes and I started Friday night and finished up Sunday night. So I like I binged it. Like I was that's, that's impressive. literally all I watched all weekend was was Manifest and um yeah, like it's like four seasons right now all on Netflix. Really good show. Uh, hmm. didn't watch any of the great cop. Yep. Um, watched, uh, some of the Monktonian listened up to you and, and Mr. Sanderson on a few occasions. Yep. Yep. It's a good and, time. uh, yeah, other than that, you know, her and I just chilled and she ate my food, which is good. <laughs> so you seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. And you didn't just go, did you go out for breakfast or anything after the swimming? No, no, yeah. we... Did we? No. That was always my favorite to do with Haley is take her out for breakfast. A, because yeah. I'm not a great cook and she would tell you that. <laughs> but uh, B, I mean, uh, if we didn't cook where she would cook because she enjoyed doing it as a kid, like helping out around the kitchen, we'd mm-hmm. usually go out for breakfast because it's kind of special. Yeah, yeah. No, we, I think we went to McDonald's after the market and then uh, I made her pancakes Sunday morning. Nice. That was, that was about it. That's yeah. uh, it's a pretty laid back weekend and... Yeah, the wife came home with a bunch of leftovers, so it's it's uh it's the fridge is quite quite full right now. Beauty, I didn't watch any TV because I didn't have any time to yeah. watch TV. Um, obviously, when the snow comes in my job, my job is uh, at Honda is quite a bit busier. I'm there till about six. We had a meeting after before we recorded, and then we had a event on Wednesday, so I was there till like eight o'clock, and then the game, the Wildcats game on Thursday, with coupled with the Monctonian with Mike, which thank you to the Moncton Flyers for the pass that we gave away to Justin Hadley as well. Thank you for allowing me to do that. Whether you bring me back again, I don't know uh, after Sunday's game. But, yeah, man, I just I spent so much time at the rink, like uh, three games in three days. I can't imagine the players because for a broadcast guy, like it's going home and trying to prep to get ready for, for info on all these players is, is crazy. But, I mean, it is a one-stop shop for scouts. And that mm-hmm. top prospects game – like I was sitting right center ice kind of underneath the the media booth thing and to my left was every scout you could think of uh not just Q there was NCAA was there hmm. um I think there was a couple western like uh, D1 
D1 schools, D2 schools, maybe a few Western schools. Leduke had a pretty good showing, which was cool to see. Um, they went all the way to the quarterfinal, but um, yeah, a lot of, lot of hockey. I actually felt guilty. I was Layla had planned to go somewhere for the weekend, and I was like, yes. And then she didn't, and I actually felt guilty because I was just spending so much time at the rink. It was... It was a lot of hockey, but yeah, I was just, I was as much as I wanted them to continue on Yeah, getting up at eight 45 for me. <laughs> I mean, 10 o'clock. I was like, really? Like I'm a uh, sleep until 10. And I don't have kids right now, but I'm just like, Whoa, 10 o'clock. That's that's, I'm not an early riser at all. Morning person wise. You are though, right? I am such a morning person, yeah. but uh, at the same time, I'm my body crashes at eight thirty. <laughs> so if you text me and I don't answer at like eight forty five, I'm probably sleeping. My body wakes up at like eight forty five and well mostly and I'm doing this too and I didn't even watch I watched the first couple minutes of the Grey Cup, the halftime show of the Grey Cup, and then the last three minutes in between commercials because the series finale of The Walking Dead was on. Okay. And let us watch that. I tried to get through it. I got to season seven, and it was the same thing over and over again. And I'm just like, I'm done. Like, they get stuck with 45 walkers, and all of a sudden they magically fit, get out of it. I, I, I'm I done. Um, But, yeah, it was the series finale of that. So I was, like, clicking back, trying to watch it, trying to follow it on Twitter, and it was quite the game. So shout out to Dave McKnight, who may be the only – Argos, Argos fan. fan that I know. And Same when I moved out here, I didn't know a single Browns fan until I met Andy Jardine. I barely knew Bengals fans till Dave and Pat. Um, so, you know, my horizons expanded with these teams that I didn't think had fans, right? Like, you don't think, I mean, the Argos have somewhat of a fan base, but not being in that market, you don't generally see it. But, I mean, Dave's had a pretty good year. Like, Except for the, the Bengals go, well, yeah, the Jays, but the Bengals go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's a pretty decent run for them. And then the Argos win the cup. Yeah, like La Coupe Gray. La Coupe uh, Gray. Uh, so he's had a he's had a pretty good, pretty good year. And I was I was it was crazy. I didn't think when I heard the stat the Argos haven't lost the Grey Cup in thirty years. Every time oh. they get there, like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, this uh, World Cup. You're watching the World Cup. I will be watching. Canada games when yeah. I get home from work because uh, I know the first one is tonight I think at like yeah. three Belgium yeah against yeah. Belgium um, we watched the first one God I love reffing in the World Cup but uh, if you have a time to watch a show watch the FIFA uh, corrupt on Netflix mm. on how Qatar got the World Cup it's like how corrupt the FIFA organization is, which allowed Qatar to get into the World Cup. And I'm not going to get into all of it, but they've already not allowed a few things. Um, bans for the players. They say one love on them with a rainbow, mm-hmm. automatic yellow card. Uh, a lot of human rights things. A lot of uh, artists pulled out of the uh, opening ceremonies. I saw one guy on Twitter. He was wearing a rainbow shirt. They wouldn't even allow him in yep. because of that. It's just like, yeah, you don't deserve the World Cup, so I hope you uh I hope you go all with three. But this isn't really a soccer podcast, right? No, it's a hockey podcast. It's a hockey podcast, so we should probably uh, get to talking to hockey. Yeah, we should probably talk about hockey all to right. make up for the lack of hockey talk <laughs> last week. All right.
Uh, which again, thanks Chris for coming in and, and making uh, making our day enjoyable with the lack of hockey talk. As always, you can follow us on the social medias: Twitter for as long as it's around, Moncton Wildcast, Instagram Wildcast Podcast, TikTok the Wildcast Podcast, and now on YouTube, we're almost up to about seventy five subscribers. Don't forget the live is this Friday and Sunday, um, so keep hitting that like and but like and subscribe button so you don't miss anything. No quick question. We've got a couple guests, so we're gonna go right into the news. News and notes from around the queue. And we're going to keep this short and simple because, again, we got two guests. Uh, we were going to have one, and then uh, a second one just uh, kind of appeared in our lap this morning. So um, the QMJHL Team of the Week, Samuel Savoy of Gatineau, three games, four goals, four assists, a plus nine. Zachary Dean of uh, Gatineau, three games, played six goals, four assists. Jordan Dume, which I think he's been on here almost every week, um, three goals, in five assists in three games played. If that guy is not representing Canada in Halifax, I don't know what more he has to do. Um, like, oh, well, you know what? Um, he wasn't there last year, but I just don't know how you keep him off the I, – I don't know, especially in Halifax. He's off to such a good start. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I mean, sure, he's probably going to get invited to camp. Um, but it comes down to the depth. And, you know, when you look at – Craig Button, I mean, like like him or not, I mean, he knows his he's hockey. dialed in. He yeah. knows his depth charts. Dume Dume is nowhere to be seen on on Craig Button's depth chart. Really? So I don't know if that's how deep Canada's team is, or if he's just completely ignoring what what this kid is doing in Halifax right now. Because he's more oh in WHL, yeah. Like Which he's combination of A and B probably, but yeah. So he will most definitely be at their development camp. Uh, I, I just don't think there's a, uh, there's room for him. I mean, next year, yeah. absolutely 110%. He'll be on the team, but I, I, I just don't see where he fits in. Which is just crazy to think uh, depth-wise. Defenseman David Spachek of the Phoenix. Three games played, two goals, three assists. And uh, Tristan Leneau of Gatineau. Three games played, three goals, five assists. And Tomas... Kochor of Rurenderanda, 1-0-0-1, a 9-4-4 save percentage and a 1.92 goals against average, which leads to your player of the week in the queue, uh, was Tristan Leno. Three games played, three goals, five assists. Now we get to the good stuff, your team of the week. Well, uh, mine's a little short again. <laughs> We're um, on the penalty kill again? we gotta, we, are, we got to be disciplined. We, we do have to be disciplined here, but maybe I can get one on the fly here. Um Sadly enough, uh, my three forwards are the exact same three forwards as the Q. <laughs> it was bound to happen. Um, you just can't ignore what those three did this week. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, with when it comes to Sam Savoy and, and Zach Dean. I mean, Savoy's he's been you know he's been rolling in in, in November. I mean, sixteen points in eight games, and 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 Zach Dean is is fifteen in his last six games. Um, you can't ignore that. That is, those are really good stats. Uh, and let's keep in mind that Gatineau is still without, you know, Ver, uh, Antonin Verano, and uh, I think there's one more I'm missing out, Manix Landry. Yep. Uh, I think even Cole Cormier is hurt right now. So they're uh, didn't Anton Verano practice <laughs> took the warm up though? Uh, I I, I believe know. he did. I think he took the warm up last game. So, so he's close. close. Uh, but Jordan Dume, um. The notes I have down here is not because of his, you know, six-point performance or this or that. 
Um, it is because on against St. John Friday night, he took a penalty. <laughs> and um, Showed he's human? That's only his second penalty in the last 55 games. Does the Q have a Lady Bing version? So he was the most sportsmanlike player last year. Yeah. Yeah. So that was – he's had uh, – he had a penalty Friday night. He had another one earlier this season. But prior – like between – prior to the one earlier in the season, mm-hmm. it had been like 55 games since his last penalty. Wow. Good for him. So he's pretty sportsmanlike by the, by the looks of it. Um, on my D – uh, my first is, is Dylan Gill uh, from Riverview playing for, for Rouen. Um, I have him on my, my team for – he was interviewed by the by Rouen's play-by-play team uh, during our game against them uh, Friday night. And I was impressed with his, his French-speaking ability. That's what I have put down here. Right. Uh, because being from Riverview, you know, you're – I'm assuming you didn't go to a French high school. Like yeah. would have went to Riverview High. And so maybe he was in French immersion, maybe he was not. Um, but just his ability, like he his his speaking was was really good, and it can you can tell why he has you know an A on his jersey because he has that ability to communicate in both languages, right? And uh, I think that's a major part of of, um, of of why he's on the leadership group with with the Huskies. Um, and again, like I guess I only have one D, so we're playing a little shorthanded here. Uh, my goalie is Thomas Couture, um, who you know we we might possibly uh, hear at some point. At some point, we're hoping possibly in the next couple minutes. Possibly, we're and hoping maybe Friday night we might see him. Um, possibly, we're yes, hoping <laughs> we're hoping. Um, so. Obviously, winning against his uh, his former team Friday night was uh, is always always a big feeling, and I didn't expect him to be on the Q team of the week as the goalie, but here we are. Yeah, I thought maybe that that award would go to uh, maybe like a Shatney who has been playing well, or or somebody a goalie like that. But <laughs> Gatineau's goalie when it looks like they took off and had yeah. a good week. Like I don't know, I just didn't expect Couture to be on there. I expected the three forwards to be on there. Um, but when Couture was on the team of the week, I was a little thrown off. But um, there we go. Uh, that's my team of the week. Shorthanded again. I'll, I'll try to come back next week with uh, with a full lineup. If I'm lucky, maybe we'll get uh, maybe we'll play with an extra attacker. Oh, that'd be good. We'll, yeah, we'll try to uh, get the empty net. Uh, try try to tie the game late on uh, on next week's uh, squad. So there you go. That's my uh, my team of the week. Or shorthanded like team of the week. Shorthanded team of the week. <laughs> I like that. We got to get discipline. That's the uh, second time we've taken a penalty in yeah. I think four weeks. So, got to get more. Uh, got to get uh, more discipline. What is it? Unnecessary touching? Is that the penalty in the <laughs> yeah. NFL? Yeah. 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 So we're 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 we've got penalties here for unnecessary touching. <laughs> All right. You want to talk about one of those special guests? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Uh, so the Monktonian wrapped up this weekend as we talked about in the intro. The Charlottetown Knights uh, are your champions with a four three victory over the Fredericton Caps. Like I said, the Flyers finished with a quarterfinal loss to the Vitos in Game 3, which when a tourney like this happens and Moncton's got uh, a first-round pick in the top 10, hopefully a lottery pick at least, uh, we start thinking about drafts, we start thinking about draft picks, and when we talk about the draft, not only is Jeremy an expert, we also want to bring another expert into this. So from, from Puck Preps, uh, Braden Olson. Braden, how are you? How was your weekend? I'm sure you're just uh, raring to go. Yeah, hey guys, um, I'm doing good. The weekend was good. Um, a lot of fun, as always. Uh, the Monktonian's a great event. Um, they really put it together well. It uh, doesn't mean that I'm not bagged, because I am. <laughs> uh, and I think think a lot of guys can say the same, but 
uh, nonetheless, uh, great event and a lot of good information. I think I came away with probably just as many questions as, as answers yet, but that's what the rest of the year is for. So, yeah, I <laughs> mean, good. You, you can't exactly move up or down the lineup too much when you're at one after one tournament, but um, obviously we'll stay close to, to Moncton here as I've been calling games for, for the Flyers now this season and did most of the games, um, which was a lot of hockey. I can't even imagine how much hockey you watched uh, in the weekend, but uh, just your thoughts on Zach Wheeler. I mean, we've got him as a top five pick in this year's draft. He hasn't really done anything to kind of drop out of that stock. So just give us your thoughts on, uh, on Zach Wheeler. Yeah. The Flyers, I mean, as a whole are a, a fun team to watch. They're a tricky team to watch because they've got so much draft eligible talent this year, but Wheeler's obviously at the forefront of that. Um, with him, the, I mean, the first thing that you look at is his skating. Um, the great thing I have to say about Zach's skating is that even since I've been watching him and I know other guys who've been watching him longer, it has improved so much. And like, I mean, over the last 12 months, I think I'd seen him a little bit even last summer, previous summer, I should say. And his skating has come so far. Like I remember a couple of, well, a month ago, roughly, I guess at the, at the QMJHL cup there in Dieppe, um, you know, I, I saw instances of, of him burning away with some pretty good separation speed. He's really learned to use some different techniques in his stride and, and mix things up a little bit so that he's not so um, lethargic off the line. And that's really going to go a long ways for him to being that top five, top 10 prospect um, for the draft this year. The big thing with him, though, I mean, the thing that is really his calling card, I think, is that he's so efficient with his stick um, in a defensive sense, but it turns into an offensive thing too for him because, you know, when he chooses to, when he when he realizes or when he recognizes there's an opportunity for him to rob an opponent of the puck, um, he he does it like I said really efficiently. So he gets in there, he you know quick stick lift or um, you know just gets in there and mucks up and and then grabs a puck and and he's off, and he knows where to where to put it really quickly after that so he's such a smart player that um things like that just come naturally to him and then on top of that he's got the physical attributes to really enable all of that um and obviously that works for him in midget or in under 18 um but i think because he's smart about smart about it and he's efficient about it i think that's what's going to make it work for him at the next level as well Oh, I totally lost my train of thought there. Jeez. Uh, oh, wow. Um, I, took you on a, I took you on a journey. Well, no, yeah. I literally have my question. I'm literally just, it's it's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't think of it right now. Oh, um, oh yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, here we go. Um, so, wow, sorry about that. That doesn't usually happen. Um, last last year when we had you on the show, uh, Braden, you, um, you talked about Hudson Clark, and you said if you didn't get drafted by the seventh or eighth round, you'd, I think you said you'd eat your socks or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you identified a player uh, so far this year that you're willing to, to, to say the same thing about? Well, the big thing with Clark, I think at that point in the year, we must have talked when, like, April roughly. I think it was around. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. But I, I think at that point with Clark, the thing was, like, he had come out on the central scouting list and he was continually ranked like a D. And I had seen other places, you know, where he was sort of in that same range. And I just, I really thought he was better than that. Um, so we're not there yet. I don't even think we've seen the preliminary, um, That's true. Yeah. CSR list. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say we've never, we haven't seen it yet because I feel like it always gets leaked out kind of slowly. So it's possible that it's out there already. I just haven't seen it yet. But, um, anyways, 
I think by that time we were into like the third or fourth revision of it, but um, I'm sure there will be a guy. Um, the one that I'm kind of thinking right now that I, I hear more and we, and we saw kind of evidence of this too. I hear more knocks on than um, maybe praise. And I think it's sort of unjustified in a way. Um, and that's Sam Allaby from uh, Rossi Netherwood, uh, small guy um, granted, but and, and, you know, I hear people say that he's just, he's not strong enough yet. And, but I think as an 07, you know, this kid's 14 years old, maybe 15 by now, um, that will come in some form or another. He's not going to stay, you know, 140 pounds, five foot six or whatever he is right now. Um, he is going to get bigger when, and, and maybe it's not substantially bigger, but it's going to come. Um, but what I love about Alibi is just, I mean, he's not a non-skilled player. Like, he's a very strong, um, I shouldn't say very strong skater, but he has exceptional edge work. But he's also applying himself every single time he's on the ice. Like, the guy doesn't take a single shift off, and he always makes something different happen. So when I talk about his skating, I should say, like, he has small legs, and he doesn't have the most powerful stride. But he has, you know, he uses good crossovers, um, like I said, extremely good edge work. One of the things that I, that really jumped out to me at the Monctonian, um, and I've noticed from him a little bit in, in previous viewings as well, is that he always makes himself really available to his defenseman, uh, breaking out of his own zone. Um, and because he does that, you know, some guys make themselves available to their defenseman really well. And then when they get the puck, it sort of dies or it slows down, but there is no lapse. There is no, um, you know, choppiness. It's, it's very smooth when he gets the puck, whether it's at the blue line or somewhere in the neutral zone. He he doesn't lose any speed whatsoever. He's right back up to game speed with using his edge work and 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 navigating transition really well. Um, and that follows through right into his his own entries and that sort of thing. I think he just does a generally good job of setting up plays using those kind of skills. And, and I think that um, has a really wide breadth. And I think he can expand his game from there quite a bit. So, um like I said, I, I think there's, there's, um, you know, he doesn't get the attention he deserves. I think in a way, he's played a couple of years now under 18. Um, played for Rossi in Netherwood last year, did relatively well. Um, I know the numbers aren't really coming for him yet, but you know, he wasn't named to the All Star team. I thought that was really surprising. He was probably one of the more surprising omissions for me. Um, so, I guess to answer the question really earlier in the early in the year, uh, Sam Alibi is probably the guy for me. Well, we're gonna to have to hold you to that and see if we can uh, see, if that, <laughs> see if that name stays as we get close yes. to the draft. But um, I mean, I've sure. never been one to proclaim I know scouting, and you know that's Jeremy's area. He usually takes care of that. But you know, I was watching the prospect game, and it was kind of it felt like a couple of years ago when I watched the Canada games, and they kept talking about Josh Wall was the one and the one, but they kept saying Zach Larue, and I kept watching him. When I was watching the prospects game, a guy that stood out, and not just because of the red uh, pants and helmet. Um, from the Halifax Max was Kenzie Wagner, the defenseman. He was very mm-hmm. physical. He hit. He reminded me of Hamel here. He hit everything that moved all game long. Um, so I just, what what do you see in a Kenzie Wagner? Because I mean, he's he already looks like he's got the physical tools. He was hitting everything that moves. And then just one other player is. Um, I'll, I'll I'll go to the different player after you kind of give me your thoughts on uh, on Kenzie Wagner from uh, from the Max. Sure, sure. Well, Wagner is one of the guys that, <clears throat> excuse me, that I came away from the tournament with 
not necessarily more questions than answers, but I, I felt like I wish I would have seen him a little more. Yeah. But obviously, yes, he had he had a good performance, I think, at the All-Star game. Um, I'm not sure. I think it was probably the Max last game of the tournament uh, where they lost to uh, – they lose, to, lose out to Charlottetown. I believe I so, yeah. That, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he was really strong in that game as well. The, like, it starts with posture for him. It starts with strength. Um, he's a lot bigger than – you know, I was sitting next to some of, some of the kids – uh, at ice level there watching that game and you know they were they were kind of you know i think they were referring to him um him or luke Legier, but both of those guys uh, a lot of strength and just really intimidating presences on the ice already um as 14 year old 14 or 15 year olds mm-hmm. these guys were saying you know these guys are 07s is what these kids next <laughs> to me were saying and i think they were a little little worried about having to play against them um so that's where it starts for him he's a force in front of the net yeah. in front of his own net um, but he's also, I think, pretty efficient the way he plays in front of his own net. He's not like the type of guy who's, you know, burning up all his energy, battling and battling and battling when he doesn't really have to. He he's kind of watching things happen as they, you know, as the play moves around his defensive zone, um, and he he steps out when there's maybe an opportunity for him to get the puck, um, but he's ready to sort of pounce on you know, the net front guy for the opposition and, and neutralize him, whether it be, you know, with, with a, a bit of a shoulder check or with, with a stick lift or whatever. He just, he doesn't, like I say, he doesn't waste his energy just battling with him constantly and wearing himself down when there's a chance he gets pinned in. So I like that a lot. Um, I thought he had pretty good reads coming out of his own zone, um, relatively quick um, and usually on the tape um, and, and, and with power too. So, that was usually good. I thought where it sort of broke down for him in some cases was when he was uh, when he had to carry the puck himself. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I got the phone yeah. ringing here. <laughs> um, when he when when he had to carry the puck himself, I thought, you know, while his skating isn't isn't bad, I think there were times when he could, you know, sort of get one foot in front of the other a little too quickly, and he would sort of lose a step. Um, so I don't necessarily see him as right now as being like a dual transition threat. Um, but certainly when it comes to, to making the pass out of his own zone, I think he did that really well. Yeah. He was one of the players like you kind of, you see the max because they stand out with the blue and the red, but he just, as the game went on, he ended up playing against the line of, uh, Wheeler Weber and, and Shaw a lot of the time because he was, he was physical Mm -hmm. against Wheeler and, um, it kind of showed when we had John in April, we talked about, you know, your, your top 10 list and Gabriel Dagg was not on it because you always have tough times evaluating goalies. So I don't know if you're able to, but um, a guy that stood out in the second half of that game again for team blue from uh, the East coast blizzard is uh, Connor Arnold. Um, he was dynamite in that game for them, stopping everything that team white was putting at him. Just, I don't know if you've got a, a read on Arnold or if you're still kind of shying away from goaltenders, cause they are one of the toughest uh, positions to kind of evaluate. Yeah. Yeah. I brought that up in some puck preps discussions last year um, after Dag and and we, we, we sort of agreed again that, that um, goaltenders were going to be out of our scope, so to speak. Dang it. Um, and it was unfortunate <laughs> last year with, with, with Dag because he's, you know, probably one of the best prospects in Canada, if, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. let alone, let alone uh, Eastern Canada. But, um, yeah, no, no, with Arnold, um, I, didn't, I didn't, you know, pay a whole lot of attention to the details of his game. Um, but I will say, like, with everyone I talked to over the weekend, his name was probably one of the ones that came up the most and from the most diverse group of people. Um, usually when you talk to four or five guys, you hear, and you do hear different names, of course, but his name was one that, that came up 
pretty much every time quite consistently. So um, that's the best I have to say about him in terms of praise and in terms of um, his game. So that's good. So now we've kind of seen, uh, you mentioned you were at the QMJHL Cup there um, last month, I believe it was, and then uh, most recently a Moncton. So we've kind of got an idea of, um, of what's uh, what's out there for Atlantic prospects. So with the Canada Games coming up here in a few months, how do you think these you know, Atlantic provinces will uh, will figure against, you know, the big provinces like the Quebecs and the Ontarios and uh, the uh, West teams? Yeah, well, I, I still don't really have a, a great understanding of how the pools are going to be distributed. Um, it, it may be published for all I know, but I haven't had a good look at it. But I think the way that things are going to shake out early is that you'll see provinces like PEI and Newfoundland probably playing against the territories is, is if I understand it right. Like they're mm-hmm. not going to be um, pulled in with like the Albertas, the BCs, Ontario, that sort of thing. Um, but Nova Scotia and New Brunswick might see a little more of that up front. And that's where it's going to be interesting because I think Nova Scotia and New Brunswick are the best that the Maritimes have to offer this year. Um, or Atlantic Canada has to offer this year. And um, if they get, you know, pulled in with a, with a Quebec or an Ontario or a BC or an Alberta or, you know, anyone like that, um, it, it could be, it could be a, a quick tournament for them mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but I think there's a lot to like about, about both those provinces. I think they could, you know, I, I think they could compete with, with some of the powerhouses. Um, I, I'm not super familiar with what the rosters look like outside of Quebec. Um, Quebec's going to have a good team. They are going to be missing. Uh, Zach Moran, he's not going to be on their roster. So that's a big loss for them. Um, I think they've been well aware of that, though, for, for some time. But um, I would say, you know, I would give, I would kind of give the edge to to Nova Scotia, I think, for a couple of reasons. They obviously won the Q Cup, but I think New Brunswick was just as good of a team at the Q Cup. Um, some of the guys that I liked for Nova Scotia, um, you know, have continued with their momentum since that time. And then some of the guys who I thought could stand to improve since the Q cup at Moncton and I thought were really good. So like guys like Max Darcy, um, Rory, Rory Pilling, both those guys I thought had a little bit slower starts to the season and both, uh, were, were really good at, at the Monctonian. So I think that's kind of a, uh, kind of a testament to, uh, you know, they were already good at the Q cup. Um, and I think some of their guys have, have taken strides already. So that's a, that's a positive, positive sign for them. Well, okay. Um, New Brunswick's going to, you know, get get Liam Kilfoyle back for the tournament. Um, Zach Wheeler's obviously going to be there. Landon Paul um, also coming back from Kimball Union. So they'll uh, they'll probably have a, a good tournament too. Um, like I said, it sort of depends on who they get slotted in with. Um, if they're in one of those powerhouse divisions, it, it's just it's going to be a grind. That's all. That's all I'll say. But I wouldn't I wouldn't rule either of the teams out. Well, if I know anything about Alberta, they're just going to be tall and big. The Duke was here, yeah. and there's yeah, half of the of, team was over six foot. They had the little Duke Bash brothers, as I called them. Two of their players were six two, two something, like just big boys. Yeah. Alberta always has big teams. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, I, another team I noticed like this weekend um, that was just huge. Like I, I, I was going to text someone from Newfoundland and just ask them, you know, like what are you guys feeding them up there? Like <laughs> um, I'm talking about the Growlers, I guess, but like I, I'm sure that team's average height is above six foot it's got to be like you see a lot of teams out there that have you know there's a couple defensemen some five six some five seven kind of thing but i don't think there's anyone that small um for the growlers they were they were a huge team hmm. and i guess i i noticed you tweeted the uh the lane sim uh michigan goal which i mean you 
you can't go anywhere these days without seeing a Michigan goal. It's just it's <laughs> yeah. almost like common these days. But uh, I'm not sure if you'd know this, but any indication whether he's going to be a Q or if he's going to follow his brother and, and go to the OHL? I'll throw a wrench in it. Um, I think there's a third option on the table for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and before I go there, maybe a quick note on that goal is that, like, this is just kind of a testament to how wild that tournament is. Like, I'm buzzing around in the morning i think that one was and there's there's just a time in the day where i was like i don't know which game of these four i want to watch right now so i'm kind of walking around trying to find a spot to stand find a spot to sit and it was just getting really crowded at that time so i just pulled up to rink d or c i think and and i'm like sitting in the back kind of watching and sim was on the ice he was the first person i kind of locked onto, and uh, i noticed him behind the net and it wasn't you know 10 seconds after I walked up to the ice that he pulled that. So I tweeted it out right away. And then, then of course I get the comments, where's the video I'm, thinking, I'm at the <laughs> rink, you know, I don't have the video handy, but um, so I, I walked down to another rink and I'm watching another game and I, I pulled the video up and, and, and get the screen clip and, and get it. But um, anyways, back to your question. I think uh, I, I don't really have a, a solid answer for it, but the, the wrench I was going to throw in it is that I've, I've heard um, that there's a chance he's considering national team development program in the U.S. as well. Um, I believe, if I understand it right, he was born in the U.S. when his dad was playing pro, so that option could be available to him. So that'll be really interesting. Um, I think on the site right now, if you guys are you guys are familiar with the site, so we do show like what our um, sort of projections are for players, and I think right now, um, just after you know some of the intel, I guess I got over the weekend. We've we've changed our projection to 33, 33, 33 between the Q, um, O, and NCAA. So I think they're all on the yeah. table right now for them. Huh? Good That's... to know. Good to know. Hey, cut, <laughs> cut Jeremy yeah, off. It, it's unfortunate because I think he's one of the best best players in Atlanta, Canada, um, and it would be great to see him stick around and play in the Q. But um, right now, I'm saying we've got a 33 percent chance. Yeah, you, got to do, you caught Jeremy off guard, that's for sure. But uh, uh, we'll let you get out of here. Um, just tell people where they can follow some of your uh, your knowledge on, on these prospects as we get closer to the trade deadline where some of them will swap. And then as we get into the uh, the Q draft here and hopefully a live Q draft and we can actually meet up and, and get a, put a name to the face. You bet, yeah. Well, if I'm in the rink too when you guys are calling one in, in the Superior Propane Center there, I'll, I'll buzz over sometime this sure. year too. But um, yeah, you could find me personally on Twitter at uh, Olaf, O-L-A-F, 1393. Um, you can also follow Puck Preps on Twitter. Um, there's a you know a main account, Puck Preps. Um, there's also our Eastern Canada account, Puck Preps East Can. Um, or you can just head over to the website. Um, I think, like personally, you know, I know it sounds biased, but or it sounds like kind of a Homer, um, <laughs> you know, plug, but I think our websites are a really great resource in terms of way, the way the rankings are are put together and, and the information it's all kind of consolidated in one spot some some neat info some some neat tools to play around with and that's just puckpreps.com so any of those for sure perfect man well again yeah thanks for uh taking the time to give us some some info and who knows maybe uh we'll meet you at one of these tournaments maybe i can convince jeremy we can go to the ice jam and we'll all just kind of scout together yeah you bet that'd be great guys well thanks for having me on and uh, have a great night yeah, yeah you, you too, too thanks man. thanks it's always good talking prospects, and like I said to him, like I, I think we need to go to the ice jam, bro. I was thinking about that when I was doing the Monktonian and a whole bunch. I was like, oh, maybe I can get, maybe I can get Jeremy on board. We'll take the the new Mazda on the first road trip, and oh, we'll Jesus. go to the, 
We'll go to the Ice Jam, which I think is in January, but... The all-season performance tires <laughs> on the highway? Yeah, all right. Maybe we'll take the RAV4 with uh, <laughs> with winter tires on the highway. But uh, you know what? It might not be snowing by then, but um, it would be cool to go to a tournament like that with you and just kind of pick a few players to watch and at least... Because, you know, at least pick a few because, like I said, it when we drafted LaRue and we knew there was a draft and I could see players, I knew who I kind of wanted to identify. I don't know if, where Kenzie Wagner is going to fit, but it was just some a player that I just kept watching other players and you just kept watching mm-hmm. him, right? And that's kind of what scouting is all about. Yeah, I've, I mean, the limited Monktonia that I watch myself, I mean, I've got a few names written down myself. Uh, um, I'll pull up my, my trusty uh, information here. Trusty information, perfect. Um, Jack Hayne from uh, Cape Breton West, Luke Dooley from Cole Harbor, um, Aiden McCullough from Freddie, uh, and obviously one of the best names in the tournament, Maddox Mermelak. Yeah, he was pretty good uh, on that in that game. I mean, the obvious ones are Owen Conrad and Noah, and, and Noah Collette. Like those are obvious, you know, picks. But yeah, um, yeah. Lane it, Sim was another one you told me to watch. Oh, kinda. Lane Sim is um, just he's 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 a talent. Yeah. Um, but as we just learned, you know, it's it's not just uh, a CHL option. Uh, yeah. I'd like to, unfortunately, his Elite Prospects page, his Prospects page is not updated. doesn't show his place of birth, but I'm just, I'm going to take Braden's word for it. And um, well, His dad was Pittsburgh and Minnesota, right? He, his John dad, Sim, Devils. Yeah, John Sim. So we played at Atlanta Thrashers during 07 and I think also the Islanders. Oh, okay. So I think he was on the Thrashers in the 07-08 season. Then I think he was with the Islanders on the 06-07 season. So, so in and around there somewhere. He's in, uh, if he was in fact born in, in, in the U.S., I mean, yeah, he's eligible for for the de- development program, which would be even, I mean, that's a, uh, I mean. That's, We're seeing the guy down there right now yeah, doing good things right, with that development program. Yeah. So that's, that's that would be quite the, um, quite the step, I mean. That's good for him if he, yeah. if he if he gets that gets to that point. Yeah, and that's one of the things Mike and I talked about off the air before we were doing the games. Like, it's not just the Q guys that are scouting. Like, there's different avenues whether you're going D one or you're mm-hmm. going the development program or you're going different ways. It's not always what fans and and of teams want when they see these players. It's it's what's best for the player and what's best for the player's family. And if it's it, yep. if it's the Q, if it's the O, like his brother, or if it's the U.S. U.S. National Development Team. I mean, that development program is doing some excellent things down there for the states and you know cole eiserman is lighting it up for that team so um definitely uh something to hopefully he's playing here and by here i don't mean moncton i mean in the queue so we can kind of see players like that but uh we might as well talk about our team eh? yeah it is a wildcats (laughs) podcast (laughs) it is in the title all right (laughs) view from the other bench Nope. Weekly rewind. All right. Well, again, I'm. I can't wait for this month to be over. Again, the Wildcats go one and two, um, losing to Blaineville six to one. Uh, then they go into Renaranda against uh, Thomas Couture and the uh, Huskies losing three two. Uh, which you know, I was talking to Marty um, Kingston, and then obviously they went to. Valdor, they salvaged two points out of that one, getting a 4-3 victory. Um, I was talking to Marty. He came into to Moncton Honda to get his winter tires. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Kingston. Mr. Kingston. Uh, he was saying, I mean, they played well in Wren. Um, 
they had a chance to, to get the victory there. But, you know, I came home from work, saw the Blaineville game, saw the first goal, went up to shower after work, came down, it was 3-1. I was like, well, I'm going to get ready for the Monctonian on Thursday. And it just snowballed. And they they kind of got into a situation where they got into penalty trouble again. I think they had, what, nine penalties in that game? Like, it's, it's becoming a thing if they... First of all, it's becoming a thing. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight consecutive penalties they took in that game. That we took, yeah. Yeah. That's that can't happen. Uh and especially against a team like Blaineville, who I mean So yes, if we took they, eight penalties, what did Lawrence have eight goals? <laughs> did we say that to like not yeah. take penalties? Because yeah, he's yeah. a power play specialist, but yep. like um Blaineville has underperformed so far this year but i think they're starting to find their stride um and we just got them in about on a bad game i mean it's this game you know it's either we scored the first goal albeit it was anthony habel who i think snipe absolute yeah yeah like a a rocket from the blue line who has now tied his career high in goals yep uh so we got the first goal in that game, and if I'm not mistaken, first goal in the Valdor game. First goal in the Valdor game, and I don't know. Like, I'll quote my mother here. God bless her soul, Kathy. <laughs> Statistically, the team that scores the first goal <laughs> wins the game. Well, ish, yeah. Not this case. Not no. in these case. I mean, not in that Blaineville case. I mean, it's. It, it went. It was. It went completely downhill, and it was a train wreck from everybody. Yeah, from the goaltending to the D to the forwards, it was a mess. Like it was a mess. Uh, you'd think this team would want to put on a good performance to thank Mister Irving for taking them to a game in Montreal the night before. To watch the Canadians, but they literally laid an egg. Or they watched too much of the Canadians and tried to emulate them. Well, they literally laid an egg yeah. in this game. Um, it was a, it was barred maybe one of the worst performances I've seen this year. Which is, I don't want to make excuses, but, you know, maybe the sticks are too tight. Maybe they're a little nervous because this is the road trip where a lot of the families are at, right? Yeah. Like, this is the big one where I know they got some families scattered when they go to Schwinnigan and Drummondville and stuff like that, but... Blaineville seems to be like, I think it was last year, you gave a stick tap to the fans and the families because it was so loud in there. And so maybe there was a bit of nerves coming in because, I mean, your family comes sporadically here to Moncton, but they they don't see you on the road. You don't get to spend that extra time with them. So maybe that's in part of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Like that game in Blaineville last year, I'm pretty sure it was like a comeback win. Yeah. Was it not? So. Like yeah. this. Kalmakoff scored in overtime. Yeah. Like they. They really put it on. They they put their pedal to the metal to to get back in that game. And this one, they were just they were down and out after that. After they scored the first goal, it was as if they thought it was going to be handed to them. They thought it was going to be easy. And yeah. it's it, no game is easy. If you're if you're taking a night off in junior hockey, doesn't matter if you're the top ranked team, you you can lose to the to the, to the 18th ranked team. Like it's you can't take your foot off the gas in any of these games. So statistically, your mom is correct. Yeah. Uh, in 21 games, Moncton's scored uh, the first goal in 13 of them. And actually, no, I read that wrong. 13 games, they've scored the first goal out of the 21. They're six and seven. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, they got to start playing. I mean, yeah. The good thing about this road trip, and let's let's 
I know we're going to, this whole recap is going to be kind of convoluted here. Yeah. But on their last road trip, they'd lost the first two games, right? Uh-huh. And then won the third one. Uh-huh. And then they, they went on a little bit of a streak. Yep. Uh, so hopefully that's the same case here because, believe it or not, there is only 10 games left before the Christmas break. Yeah. And it's, you want to look at it, it's a favorable schedule in my opinion. Yep, Rouen, Halifax, Victoriaville, Cape Breton, Bathurst, St. John, Cape Breton, Halifax, Bathurst, Bathurst. So really, two games against Halifax, and we've split that series so far with Halifax. What do you think? I mean, it's it's it, 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 they kind of have to go on a bit of a streak, I think, because I mean, sure, sure, they're they're what sixth overall in the league, or something like that at yeah. this point. But I, I just don't like looking at – I wish the Q and I know the Wildcats put it up sometimes. Stop putting up the f- overall record. Like, the Q goes Eastern-Western Conference. So, they're I mean, they're third in the conference because they're second in the division. But they're also tied for that third spot with – I believe it's uh, Bacomo at 23 points, I believe, right? So, they're currently – okay, it's currently seventh overall in the league. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, they're only five points away from being 17th overall. So there's not much room to work with here. No. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, they've got to go on a streak after this. Because if you, we only, we almost think like this team is good enough to win a playoff round. But right now, they're not playing like they're good enough to win a playoff round. No. So they've got to do something about it, and it needs to be addressed. The goaltending needs to be addressed. There's one goaltender that's playing really well, yeah. and one goaltender that's not playing really well. Yeah. Um, and they're still splitting the starts, and I don't like how they're doing that because you're there's one goalie who is starting. You know, he's still getting his fair share of starts, and not doing anything to help his team win. Mm-hmm. And there's one goalie who's doing everything he can to help his team win. If you're giving your team an opportunity to win, you should be the goalie that's starting these games. Yeah. And I don't know what the problem is because it happened last year where there was one goalie that took the charge and gave us gave his team a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And that goalie got the majority of the starts. Yeah. And I think the organization is starting to realize that they paid a they they premium price. Well, they didn't pay a premium. They, no, no, they, he was they, a big okay. part of the the package. Yes, a big part of the package was acquiring said goaltender, mm-hmm. and they're seeing that okay. Well, he's in his third year now. He should be where he should be, developmentally. Yeah. But he's not. And so I'm not giving up on said goaltender. We're not going to say names here. I guess that we don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we're being nice as we can. Yeah. But said goaltender maybe needs to back up for a couple games, refresh his mind, watch some hockey, pick up some pointers. Yeah. Right? These are going to be games coming up against majority of the teams you're familiar with. You've seen them a lot. 
you'll pick up some tendencies from these teams and pops and hopefully that builds up a bit of, a bit of confidence going into the second half. Yeah. Uh I think number 1 needs to be the number 1. Mm-hmm. Um at this point in the season because he is playing that role. Yeah. And maybe the other goaltender like I said the other goal it needs to take a couple of nights off and you know refresh the mind not saying watch a game from the stands because that results in us having to use a, a, a an AP a, an AP yeah and that helps no one really nope um but number 1 needs to be the number 1 for the next few games bef- until the other goalie can get yeah. the slightest bit of confidence back in his game yep and it it's a favorable schedule and it's it, it's kind of a a catch 22 on the favorable schedule because it's favorable to the fact that they could theoretically go eight and two. They could go seven and three. That's going to make them look really good. But is that a mirage coming into the deadline? Because right now, I mean, with how good they were in October, we're looking at modifying to help this team. When you look at November, now it's how you really have to take an honest look at who you want here. And, you know, you have to figure it out because it doesn't matter what the fans want, what they see and and the players they want here. You're not building for a championship this year. You're building for a championship in in two years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we've talked about the amount of depth on this team and, you know, this, you know, Alexi Daniel talked about how tight this group was. And I, I, it, we had two players. I mean, one was injury. One was, family but i mean they came back and i'm not blaming said players but it just it felt like there was a different dynamic in the room when you have different lines and mm-hmm. different things and you know the the locker room is is a is a fiscal thing and if it's really going well you, you kind of want to leave it alone and and then you know you the drummondville game i think like you had to make changes after that game because you were, you were putting the same lines out and you were having negative results coming in November. They switched things up in Bathurst against Bathurst and and they won. So it's like I I don't know what Mister Ritchie's looking at from this group because if they go seven and three, well if the three losses are against Ruren and two against Halifax, well did you just beat up on bad teams because you're mm. supposed to? Or, you know what I mean? Like, they almost have to split the Halifax series to get a real good gauge on what this team's going to look like come Christmas. Because if they go three and seven, well, now you really have to evaluate what you're doing with this club and why the rails have fallen off in the month of November and December. Because that's what, that'd be what, six wins in 17, 18 games or something like that? Like, that, and that's where this team is right now. What you're, you're proving to be here next season and be part of the future kind of in these next 10 games, which is really funny to say for a team that's 11 and nine, 23 points, third in the conference, seventh in the league, but also five points from 17th. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a prove it 10 games and it starts this Friday with Ren Aranda. And I want to go back to my, my goalie point. You now somebody's listening to this show and they're probably going to say, well, Jeremy, how can you say that about one of the goalies? The goalie won the game on 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 Saturday against 
against Valdor. Yeah. Yeah, okay. He won the game. But he let in three goals on 15 shots. And his only shot faced in the third period was a goal. Yeah. Um, no, it was a rocket off the draw. But still. It was off the draw and it was from the point. Yeah. Go back to that game against Blainville. I mean, I don't even want to pull up how many goals were let in on how many shots. Yeah. I don't even want to look at it right now. Yeah. Because it's... And people say, "Well, your number one, your number one point doesn't make sense because your number one was the losing goaltender against Valdor uh, against Rouen. Well, he gave him a chance to win, right? Yeah, that's what. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. Like it's it's how you play the game, right? I don't. Sorry, but who am I quoting here? That's you play to win the game is uh, Herm Edwards. Yes, you right? play to win the game. You play to win the game, but at the same time." You want to have a chance to win the game, and there's a certain goalie right now that's not giving this this team a chance to win. Yeah, and which he was in December. Mm-hmm. He was letting the one in, but it was not affecting him. And and I, you know, I've said a couple of times, it's there's a big difference from being the backup and sitting behind two twenties back to back years, mm-hmm. and then being expected to go forty out of sixty games mm-hmm. and. I don't know if that's the whatever it was, I you know, picking up two 20-year-olds and not just Victoria Pill is literally Gabriel Degg, there you go. Yeah. Kate Breton, Ruccia, learn to play. Like you got to let these guys take the losses and these are losses we should have had in year 1 mm-hmm. where it's 6 5 goals and then he he gets familiar with it, but it's just he had it in October. It's just something, and maybe he'll flip it around come December and be just fine and and go on a tear. But yeah, it's these it's, these guys right now are kind of letting the GM know what the decision is and where it lies. It's it's making jobs easier. Yeah. Like it's making a job because right now, like if if you lose, you know, three out of these. Three. If you lose seven of these these next ten, oh. guaranteed your approach at the trade deadline is going to be different. Yep. Because um, if you if you lose, you know if you, if if it's if that's the case, I mean, Charlottetown, they're going to pass Moncton. Yeah. And a lot of us had Charlottetown as one of the bottom feeders in this division. Yeah. F- Frankie Lapena is literally saving that team this year. Yeah. And but he's going to be traded. Like it, it you know. It's it's Charlottetown's a 500 team, Moncton's 548. Literally, there's only one point that separates these two teams right now. When I think at the start of the season, we probably expected that to be a double digit difference. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's it that's that's it goes back to my point earlier that I said no game in this league is easy, and. Charlottetown will come at you for 60 minutes. They never take a night off. And Moncton needs to get to that same mentality um, or they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's, 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 they're in trouble if they don't start playing 60 minute hockey. Yeah. And it's it, the first one after a road trip is generally the toughest, especially the longest road trip and then not playing for a week. So I just want to see a consistent effort against Renaranda. Um, hopefully we get a, a point. Two would be awesome, but I just want to see a consistent effort. I think said goalie will get the chance. 
Actually, they might go with the other goalie because said goalie played in render end and they lost. So they might go with the other one, but I mean, neither goalie was really good against Halifax, but um, yeah, I just, I want to see a consistent effort and, you know, it was good to see Darcy back. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I know he was playing with Iacenza, which means Iacenza isn't playing with Hamel and maybe you move Hamel down to play with other guys, kind of bring them along. But it's a, it's a big 10 games for the future of the franchise. And I try to not stay on the fence as I can, but not just players. It's a it's a Big Ten games for the guy making the decisions mm-hmm. on the bench, right? So let's see. So you're 10 games before the Christmas break. Yeah. And then you're 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 15 games from the trade deadline. Because the trade deadline will be on January the 9th. Oh, the end of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're 15 games away from the trade deadline, and you are a just above a 500 team where I think we expected this team to probably be in the 600 to 650 win range at this point. Yeah. And they're not. Um, so like I said, you know, from now until January the 6th, or sorry, the 8th, that's the 8th at 4 p.m. against Charlottetown. There better be some, and of those fifteen, four are against teams that are better in the standings than Moncton. There you go, and that's two against Halifax, Victoriaville, Renaranda. We won't get into it this week, but God, I hope we can see Gabriel Dag in his only appearance here. He just <laughs> celebrated his sixteenth birthday on yeah, Monday, so he's no longer a fifteen-year-old in yeah. the league. So yeah, Jeez no, it's Christ. it's a it's a very tumultuous time for the franchise because this is the this is the quote-unquote turning point. I think they thought they'd be a little bit better than they are. Um, but a slide in November, you lose one, you win one of every three, which we have for about a month after winning two of every three, um, things aren't going well. So Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a big weekend for it's tight up there. Yep. All right. So looking ahead to Friday's game, you want to do special guest number two? Yes. All right. Let's bring them in. Let's get to the view from the other bench. View from the other bench. All right, he was our keeper last year, going 11-7. and seven. Uh, He was dealt at Christmas to St. John in that mega deal, and he was a steady force between the pipes on their stretch run, uh, going 18-2. and two. He's now guiding the Renderanda Huskies, who we will see this Friday. And, oh, by the way, I don't know if you know, he is a Memorial Cup champion. It is Thomas Couture joining us on the show. Thomas, how are you? Good. How about you guys? Oh, not Very not too good. bad after that uh, that L that you gave us on Friday, but we're, we're getting better. <laughs> <laughs> Before we start firing off the questions uh, here, Thomas, obviously this is your opportunity to to come at Adam because uh, of you know his uh, little off uh, yeah. off the walls, off the rails uh, yeah. Memorial Cup prediction. I myself had to do with it. Myself, who obviously do not like St. John, I predicted St. <laughs> John to win the Memorial Cup, and Adam yeah. said that you guys would go zero and three. Yeah, So here's your chance. Thomas, anything you like to say to Adam on the podcast? Uh, well, I just know who knows hockey better than the duo now. Yeah, no, that's that's a hundred percent fair. When I came up with that, uh, I actually was in I was in Europe for some medical things, so um, I I didn't even watch. I think I watched two periods of the game just because of the time difference. And and I woke up on uh, June 29th, the night after, and I was like, oh, 
150 likes. Uh, pictures <laughs> worth a thousand words. I I know who won the the Memorial Cup. So yeah, no, it's uh, um, it, it's something that I'm, I'm sure you uh, you enjoyed, eh? Not the actual yeah, well, Memorial Cup. I taking a shot at me. The, I remember when you posted it right away. I was like, oh, if I win, I have to do it. <laughs> oh, I have to do it and put it back in his teeth and yeah. uh, you make scre- sure to. You screenshot make- of that tweet and had it saved on yeah, your phone. Yeah, you had that bookmark, didn't you? Oh. I had a couple of tweets and a couple of Facebook comments in uh, in my head when I when we took that cup. So yeah, I had to. Sorry, I had to give it to you, but hey, that's <laughs> you earned it, right? That's part of the gig. I I I went a hot take. You guys earned it. So uh, again, congratulations on not only uh, the picture to make me eat my words, but also <laughs> on on winning the Memorial Cup. Let's get into some interview here. I guess I I, I can't think of a player in the league that has that's had a crazier 15 months uh than you i mean if you, you look at it you know it was probably august of of 2020 that you came to camp with moncton and you know made the team and then you know what four or five months after that you're being traded to st john like what uh, what's like the what's the last 15 months been like for you it, mu- it must be like a roller coaster of emotions oh it's it's been absolutely crazy like every month like something new happens and you're just like wow what is going on here (laughs) every month you like i like i just remember even against the wildcats this weekend i just remember looking at my jersey and be like i I really am here like i'm playing my 20 year old year and still playing this league and i'm making saves and i was still sometimes i have to pinch myself i guess and it's just uh it's been crazy from just uh getting an invite to camp to getting traded twice to winning the Memorial Cup in my first year. So, yeah, it's been uh, hectic, but uh, perfect at the same time. So I think one of the weird, not weird, but one of the odd things we saw last year is obviously after the trade, um, you know, usually goalies get new gear and they get new new lids. And, you know, <laughs> you're wearing your Moncton lid for a lot of the time in St. John. And, you know, people around us are kind of mentioning that. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Goalies are weird. Maybe he's he's got a good <laughs> good thing going. I mean, he's he's running, he's playing really well for for St. John. But um, just talk about the uh, the Moncton lid in the uh, in the Sea Dogs gear because I'm sure there was a few that weren't uh, weren't loving that uh, fans of St. John. But it wasn't it wasn't because you were on a good run. There was a, an actual reason for it, correct? Yeah, yeah, there was a reason. So basically, Bauer uh, messed up in my order, and they sent. Um, a small helmet to get painted and then when i got it uh we realized it was way too small for my <laughs> cheeks and uh they, they were overflowing the the helmet so had to order a new one and uh it just was back order back order and back order so i got it super late and then in time to getting painted i just got him before the i just got it before the mem cup so that was uh, a crazy thing too so let's talk about your time in uh, in Rouen. You obviously got traded at the, um, at the draft. Um, what, what's your what? How's your your time been with with the Huskies? And how's your relationship with uh, with Kyle Hagen? Because funny enough, we actually on his draft night we had Kyle Hagen uh, on, on our show. Um, so how's really? Your, yeah, yeah, we had him on our live. <laughs> yeah, on our on our Facebook live, he he jumped on after he was picked by by Ramuski at the time. How, what's your how's your relationship with uh, with Kyle? Well, Kyle is uh, first of all, he's a great goalie, has a lot of potential, and uh, he's uh, he's in love with the game. He's a student of the game, and uh, 
you got to respect him for, for all the hard work he, he puts in on and off the ice. And, um, you know, I think he's going to be great in the league and he already is pretty good. So uh, I think the Huskies are, are going to be good in that for a couple of years. That's for sure. So you guys are coming here. Uh, you're making the New Brunswick trip this weekend. So um, obviously you had success against us last Friday, which I mean, we want you to have all the success in the world except against <laughs> us. But obviously that wasn't the case uh, on Friday. Um, I mean, I know you might not know, but are you kind of, you know, like, hey, coach, I'd like to play in Moncton and St. John. I mean, what does that mean to you to come back to be playing in Moncton and then you probably going to get your, your ring or part of a little ceremony there in St. John? Just Are you hoping to at least get those two games or do you just, you know, whatever's best for the team? Uh, well, yeah, well, first of all, I've, I was, I've been circling these two games since, uh, <laughs> the start of the year, like playing in the Avenir center and just, uh, seeing my, my old teammate that I saw last week, uh, well, Friday, like you said, yeah. was, uh, was great. And I can't wait to, to be back and just, uh, be in the city. Like, uh, I fell in love with the, with the Maritimes last year and, uh, every trip coming back is, is pretty sick. And, uh, no, for sure. I look forward to, uh, they're just being in the the TD station and the Abner Center, and uh, like you said, I'll just uh, I'll just wait and see what what coach uh, tells me to do, and uh, we'll see. But for sure, I uh, I'd love to to play every game, so I guess for sure I'd like to play those two games. Do you have your Memorial Cup ring, or are, they, are you hoping to get it when you get to like? Did they ship it to you, or are you hoping to get it in St. John? Uh, I hope it to get it. I hope to get it in St. John, but okay. I don't. I'm not sure they've gotten it yet either. Okay, so. I wasn't sure if they'd been to Ren yet. If you got it then, or if it was something they do no. at home. So I think no, you're that'll the... be my my first time seeing the, these guys back. So okay, I think you're the first player from from Rouen that we have uh, on our show. Uh, I've always Can heard confirm. Rouen. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I've always heard Rouen as <laughs> is, is a great place. Um, you know, because they have you know it's. They've got that English high school uh, that can be such an attractive um, thing for, you know, maritime players or, or even, you know, players from Atlantic as, you know, your head coach is, is from Newfoundland, right? So um, wh- what makes Rouen such an attractive market for, for maritime players and, and I guess, English-speaking players? Is it, is it because they have that, that high school? Uh, I'm not sure. I think uh, it's just the culture here. Everybody is uh, so well played. It's a great city for people are very nice here and they all welcome the, the players very well. And uh, I think uh, they're treated perfectly for them to like, it's pretty far for, for guys from the Maritimes to come here for sure. So they, I feel like they just make them feel at home and uh, uh, I don't know, take care of, uh, take care of them like the best they can. And uh, I think uh, it's, I think the guys from the Maritimes actually love it here. So, yeah. And uh, another thing I want to bring up is, um, I, again, I've never been to Ruin Aranda, so I, I, I you know, I, it's it's not it's not on my upcoming vacation list, no. but maybe I'll get there someday. Yeah. Um, but we've had some people on the show that have said that the poutine at the restaurant across from the arena is very good. Can you confirm? Uh, I can confirm. <laughs> it is pretty good and it's pretty cheap too, so that's always good. <laughs> what is it? Is it uh, what's it called? Maras. Maras, that's it. Okay, yeah, there we go. So if anybody traveling through Randa on your way to you know northern Ontario, you're gonna have to make a stop at Maras across from the. Uh, I, I forget what the rink is called there. It changes every year by the sounds of it, but here you go. We've got uh, it's the arena oh, gold. Isn't is it? it? I am gold. 
or is it Glencore now? No, it's uh, Glencore. Glencore, Glencore that's it. Okay. Yeah. So we have confirmation that uh, the potato across the street from right. the rink is very good. So that means we have to at least. That means we got to make a trip up there at least one time. Do you have a favorite? Uh, do you have a favorite one there? Uh, I just tasted the classic one, but I've seen there's uh, multiple uh, flavors. I think there's a general Tao kind of poutine and stuff. And I don't know. If you take the big one. I think it's eleven bucks, and you can feed probably four families of that. So, <laughs> oh jeez, four Jesus. families. So that, that's one person for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh wow that's that's impressive. So you know, uh, speaking of families, we don't want to keep you too much longer, but uh, just uh, well, we usually do this with players. We just give them the floor, and especially former Wildcats. We'll just give you the floor just to kind of talk about the fans and uh, and your billets that uh, that were here that um, you know I've talked to because they're going through some things, some some of the same things we are. So I've I've connected with them, and I know they were in uh, the Nova Scotia part of your your trip there. So just uh, just yeah. the floor is yours to talk about the uh, the fans in Moncton and and maybe your billets. Well, the fans in Moncton were great. Honestly, the I remember the first time I saw my jersey in the stand, and it was pretty, uh, pretty crazy. The the blue one too. So I know it was expensive, and uh, <laughs> I was, I every time I go, and they send me a picture of the uh, of that guy with my jersey on, and uh, I keep in touch with them, and they they bake me cookies every time we my my billets. Uh, they bake me cookies yeah. every time they see me, and. Uh, no, they they were great for me, and they made me feel a part of their family with their dog. And uh, like I said, we still keep in touch. And they they were memorial at my Memorial Cup game, and they came on the ice with me and took pictures. So that was always good uh, too. So yeah, I just uh, like I said, I love the Maritimes, and I I love my time there, and uh, love my former teammates and coaches and st- and things. So yeah, I'm very excited to be back, and uh, can't wait to see all my people down there. Perfect, man. Well, uh, we thank you for uh, jumping on with us and uh, and giving us some time before you guys head out. I'm guessing you're going to head out on Tuesday or Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday. So by the time this comes out, you'll be uh, you'll be on the road. So uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to chat with us, and obviously we hope you have success. And um, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll go to overtime on Friday so we at least get a point against you. Is that cool? Can we make that happen? Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we'll man. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we also want to congratulate you on being uh, the goaltender of the week in, in the queue, man. We, we, you know, Thank like you, I said, man. you know, all the success to you uh, this season. Just let, let us get a point on Friday. That'd be, that'd be cool. That's fair, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Thomas. <laughs> all right. See you guys. Thank, Thank you. Yep. Thank you. You want to get it to everyone's favorite part of the show? Yes, please. Eric Murray, realtor, buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. <laughs> All right, so before I get into it, on the topic of Eric Murray, yep. um, I, if, if you've got any listeners out there that are from Irishtown or Indian Mountain or Stylesville or that Maple Hills area, <laughs> which is what it's being amalgamated, 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 um, next Monday... 28th our boy eric murray is uh, running for i believe a counselor position yep um so he's on the ballot and so you can go and vote at the irish town community center next monday uh i really we really want to see eric get this um because as i said in his in in his facebook page i said uh you've got my vote if you promise to bring a junior a team to irish town <laughs> Uh, to which he replied, I don't want to raise taxes that much. 
so um <laughs> you know i i don't think i think we can accept the the tax increase you know it's yeah. front loaded yeah because i think a junior a team in irishtown will be profitable <laughs> uh especially if they can somehow team up to be the farm team of the wildcats yeah, yeah. um because then you're you know you're going into the beautiful maple hills new brunswick yeah. you know beautiful drive out there and um and all, all jokes, all jokes aside, <laughs> we will never see a junior <laughs> A hockey team in Maple Hill, New Brunswick. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, but there's a chance. <laughs> there's a small chance because we well, we need like a 1500 square foot arena or yeah. 1500 seat arena, and I don't think we've well, we've got the land for it. But um, back on topic here, um, stick tap of the week. Um, these two gentlemen are usually the ones who do their own sort of recognition yeah uh if you listen to them on uh, new country nine six nine six nine in the mornings um they're usually giving a giant a tip of the giant foam cowboy hat um salute. salute so this week's stick top is going to tony smith and uh scotty horseman um i think the longest running radio duo that I can remember mm-hmm. um, in Moncton for sure, possibly even Atlanta, Canada. Um, these guys have been together forever and their, their work that they do, you know, not only on the radio, but, you know, in the community, they're, they're at the stuff of bus all every year. They're at the friends you know, of the Moncton hospital, friends of Moncton hospital, the marathon they're, on the radio. Tony's always DJing the bodybuilding competitions, <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah. um, you know these guys are are finally getting recognized um, with, I, I got to tell you, um, quite quite an award. Um, this is the Queen Queen Elizabeth's uh, Platinum Jubilee Medal, um, which will be presented to um, Scotty and Tony at uh, Crandall University. Um, coming on. I'm not sure when it, when the ceremony is, but um, that is uh, that is quite quite the award. Uh, it was uh, presented to them this uh, Monday morning on the radio from uh, Ernie Steves, who's the Minister of Finance here in New Brunswick, um, former radio guy himself on oh, yeah. C103. Ironic how you can go from a radio host to a Minister of Finance <laughs> for a province, um, but that's. Level Polit- up. Polit- politics, and we don't get into that. Sure don't. But um, congratulations, uh, gentlemen. Uh, that's a huge, huge, huge recognition, huge award. Um, you know what? There's, I think there's only one award that's uh, that you can possibly get better than the the Platinum Jubilee yeah. Award, and that's the Stick Tap of the Week on the Wildcast Podcast. So here you are getting both of them. Um, yeah. Congratulations, gentlemen. Uh, very well-deserved. The Stick Tap of the Week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. Well you going to the parade this weekend? The Santa House Parade? Yeah. When is it? Saturday? Saturday night. Santa's coming! <laughs> Nice. I think it's a stuff of us weekend too. It is a bit busy weekend. Yeah, it's a busy we weekend. Got a, we got a game Friday. We got the. We should. Uh, we should find out if we can. You and I go down there live, 
Maybe if you donate a couple toys, you might be into win two tickets to the uh, teddy bear toss game. Oh, it might be something. I got a teddy bear too. Yeah. Bear. All right. Yeah. Hey, Friday uh, hockey game, Saturday parade. Yeah. I'm in. Sunday. Sunday teddy bear toss. What a weekend. Uh, that brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa, who has a Black Friday deal coming up this Friday only. Purchase a $100 gift card and you will receive a manicure gift certificate for free. So to either purchase that gift card or book an appointment, uh, call 506-830-1224 or visit them at 1224 Mountain Road. I mean, I talked about this duel last week. Um, I mean, the streak was broken, unfortunately, for well both of them after that Blaineville game. Um but, I mean, they're driving the bus right now as much as they can offensively. Um, and it's pretty tough to go anywhere else but these two. So I went with LaBelle last week. This week I'm going to go with his linemate, uh, Loshing. The Wildcats went with both of them again um, as he had uh, goals in back-to-back games against Renarena and Valdor as well as had an assist. So a three-point week for him. Uh, your Wildcats Wildcat of the week goes to number 18, Yon Loshing. That'll do it again for this week. Again, a little bit of a longer episode, but hey, we had a couple guests for you. Thanks to our guests, Brand Braden Olafson from Puck Preps, as well as uh, the goaltender for this, Couture. Uh, the goaltender of the Ruin and the Huskies, Thomas Couture, for not only throwing the Memorial Cup in my face, but also taking the time to join us uh, as they get ready to come uh, to the Avenue Center this weekend, which again, they're here. The uh, Wildcats are at the Avenue Center this Friday against Renaranda, and again, November 27th, which is the Teddy Bear Toss game day. We've got still two tickets to give away. There's been a couple entries uh, on the Instagram, but guys, just oh, yeah. it's really easy. Just go on Twitter, take a picture of your kid with a teddy bear, take a picture of yourself with a teddy bear. Everyone's got one. Um, tag us on. I want to take a picture with you, Adam, because you're my teddy bear. Oh, I love it. Um, you might win the tickets. Um, tag us on Instagram story or a post. Tag us on Twitter. It doesn't matter how you tag us. Facebook, I don't even care. Uh, you'll be entered for a draw to two tickets. If you are a season ticket holder and you can't go, give your tickets to somebody. Um, if you want to donate them to us, let me know via DM. Let Jeremy know, um, and we'll give those tickets away. Um, we got to fill this rink. Um, we're going to be promoting this thing all week, so please get tickets to this one. It is always a special game. Um, and like you said, the stuff of us, I think, is this weekend. So if you have time, get out and stuff a bus for the stick tap of the week. Scotty and Tony, as they're going to be out there, probably in the cold, I would imagine, um, doing great things uh, all the time. And then uh, the Santa Claus parade, you don't want to miss it because, well, it's freaking Santa Claus. Santa! <laughs> and, hey, this might be the time we ask him if we can get him on the show. Oh, yeah. Because that's generally when we talk to him, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's coming we'll see, if, we'll see if he's got time to, uh, to jump on the show with us. But, anyways... Have a good weekend this weekend, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.